Hello, and thanks for joining us for this episode of Her Gavel, a podcast where we shatter the glass ceiling for women in law. I'm your host, Stephanie Watchman, and I've been coaching and training women attorneys all over the world for nearly a decade. Women lawyers, no matter where they are in their careers, face many challenges, frustrations, and some fantastic opportunities. On this podcast, I'll be interviewing experts to cover many of the issues I get asked about, like managing stress, career growth, law firm leadership, self-confidence, business development, and even planning for retirement. My goal is to provide you with the tools and tips you need for your own professional growth. And now, let's get on with the show. We are extremely fortunate to have Carrie Schiff with us today. Carrie is an incredible attorney with an extensive background. You're going to hear all kinds of ways to grow your career and expand your practice and learn about mentoring for yourself and for others. But before we jump in, I want to share with you a little bit more about Carrie. Um, Carrie Schiff is a business lawyer who specializes in the representation of technology companies and their investors in corporate securities and transactional matters. As both a seasoned business executive and outside counsel, Carrie has participated in the development and execution of commercialization strategies for a range of companies from global multinational companies to startups. She represents clients in a wide variety of industries, including manufacturing and supply chain, data and geospatial imagery, technology, alternative energy, e-commerce, and digital gaming. Prior to co-founding Sage Law Group, Carrie was Chief Legal and Risk Officer and Chief Compliance Officer of MWH Global, a leading multinational employee-owned civil engineering and construction firm based in Broomfield, Colorado that was later acquired by Stantec. Before joining MWH, Carrie served as Senior Vice President, General Counsel, and Chief Compliance Officer of Flextronics International, one of the largest global electronics manufacturing companies around. Her past in-house experience includes serving as SVP of Corporate Development and General Counsel at USANET in Colorado Springs, which is an email outsourcing company. Carrie came to Boulder in 1993 to open the Colorado practice of Cooley, where she was a partner. Carrie has been a commissioner on the Economic Development Commission of the State of Colorado since February 2015 and has served as its chairman since May of 2017. She's a certified consultant with the Boulder Small Business Development Center and a member of its board of directors. In connection with her in-house experience, Carrie served as a member of the board of directors of the Colorado chapter of the Association of Corporate Counsel and was a recipient of the Legends in Law Burton Award in 2008. Carrie is an avid backpacker and can be found hiking in the beautiful Rocky Mountains with her husband. And I love hiking too, so that's something we definitely, definitely share in common. Welcome to the show, Carrie. I am really excited to be here, Stephanie. This is a great topic and, and very near and dear to my heart. I know in, in, uh, in all candor to our audience, Carrie and I had a pre-show call where we started to talk and talk and talk, and there's a lot of amazing ideas, thoughts, experiences that, that Carrie has to share. One of the things we spoke about, Carrie, that I felt was so important was this whole idea of mentoring. You spoke about that being a, a big factor in your practice and in your career. Can you talk a little bit more about your thoughts on, on what mentoring is? Yeah, I, I'm happy to. I'll I'll go all, all the way back in time to the beginning for me when I was first starting out 
in a big law firm and, and getting mentored and it was something that people talked about as being so important. And I didn't really understand it. And at the time, the way that, that I thought about it was it seemed like um, certain of the associates were being um, developing very close relationships with a single partner. Like that was what mentoring would be about. And um, as I learned, that's not really what mentoring is. Um, being a mentor or being mentored doesn't have to be a sort of fixed and deep one-on-one um, -on -one relationship with a single person that's incredibly influential to you in your life or that you're incredibly influential to them in their lives. I'm sure, I'm sure there are opportunities that people have had to have those relationships, but in my experience, it's, it can be extremely informal. Um, and what I learned to do was seek mentoring all around me. So for me, what mentoring, being, being mentored really meant um, and means, I still feel like I'm getting mentored by, by people in my life. It's really being open to learning and being willing to ask questions to, to, of people that you respect. Um, whether you're, you know, sitting at, at a, a group dinner and you hear someone speak on a topic that is interesting to you or where you think, wow, that person, I really want to understand what their career path looked like. It's having the courage to approach them and, and just ask sort of straightforward questions and, and see what you'll learn from that. Um, and it could be that there are people that are in your career path, meaning people you work for or with that are going to be helpful, but it also could be um, people that are outside of your firm or your business. It could be, for, for example, for me, one of my clients became one of my most important mentors. And it was a process for me of really opening myself up to being vulnerable with her and asking questions about, about my career and about how she would handle certain situations. And um, it was about having the courage to be vulnerable with someone who otherwise I wanted to have look at me and think about me in a certain way. Like, you know, I wanted her to think, oh, Carrie's very smart and Carrie's very, has everything together. And, and she certainly wouldn't ever have any questions. Um, but I was really wrong. And I actually found that that pursuing those kinds of conversations um, deepened the client relationship and, and frankly, were incredibly beneficial to me. Um, you know, so I, have, for, I have one question I just want to ask you about yeah. that because, you know, you, you said, you know, having the courage and being vulnerable. A lot of the women attorneys that I coach, and I really doesn't seem to matter uh, where they are in their careers, across the board always feel like exactly what you said, like they have to be perfect. They can't, they can't get anything wrong. And asking or looking, seeking out mentorship really does make you feel vulnerable. How, in what way did you feel vulner, vulnerable and how did you overcome that? Well, you know, it's, it is about vulnerability because you're opening yourself up to somebody or you may feel like you're opening yourself up, up to somebody thinking, how come they don't know that? How come they can't handle that? Like all of that, that bad voice in the back of your head that I think many women uh, experience, which is always challenging, whether you really belong where you are, whether you really have achieved, whether you're really smart enough, good enough, all of those things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You have to be, you have to kind of quiet that voice and you have to say, you know what? No, um, I need to learn and I, and I'm not going to be able to figure this all out myself. And I actually, one of the most influential moments for me was I was, I was at a, um, a dinner for general counsel. So I was, I was pretty far along in my career by this point. And 
uh, one of the, the gentlemen general counsel that was there, uh, GC of a very large Bay Area company, asked a question and, uh, of someone. And I thought, wow, I can't believe he's asking that question. And I had a, a conversation with him afterwards. And he said, I don't care if somebody thinks I'm stupid. I'm going to ask questions because I want to understand. And I thought that was just so incredibly impactful for me. Um, it was great role modeling. And since then, I've come to realize that you're not the only one in the room that has a question. You're, I'm not the only one that, that needs help and support. Um, and so I, I've just sort of got over it because I realized that there was so much to be gained from reaching out and, and learning and too much to lose by continuing to try to think that I have to do this all on my own. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really good point. Like we tend to tell, listen to our own stories that, you know, we don't know enough or we're not good enough, like all the enoughs, like you were, you were saying that is so, that is so true. Why do you think it is like in your experience in working as a female attorney, and also I'm sure mentoring other women attorneys that they always feel that if they ask a question that they'll, it'll be frowned upon and, and they won't look like they know enough. You know, I, I, I think it's the way that we're socialized and there are many far smarter people than me that can really talk about that. But I can say um, what it feels like, you know, it's, you know, remember being in law school and raising your hand for the first time and thinking everyone's going to think, you know, do you really know what you're talking about? Are you know, are you, what about that answer? You know, it's, it's, it's really, I just think it's a, it's part of, of how women are socialized and, from the beginning. And we, we, we have to fight against that. And it what's always, you know, for myself and for many people around me, when you think about how much we all accomplish, just getting, getting past the bar and getting jobs, like what you have to have done in your life to get to that point, to still step back and say, why do I feel, you know, where's my self-confidence is really kind of crazy. Um, it's just kind of crazy. And it's easy for me to point that out for other people. It's really hard for me to look at myself and, and, and absorb that lesson for myself. And I have to believe that, that most women feel that way and probably most men as well. Um, but it's, it's just something that it's surprising that lawyers feel that way because we are trained to advocate for other people. We are trained to think hard and, and, you know, really fight hard for our clients. And yet when it comes to our own situations, it can be so challenging. That is so true, especially as for me, anyways, as somebody who coaches attorneys all over the world, I hear the same stories over and over. And to, to your point, like I hear it, not just, not just from women, I hear it from men all the time. Like I have to go to court or there's this judge and every time he looks at me, I feel like I'm an idiot. Like there, it happens across, across the board. And I think that's one thing that everybody has to understand is that breakdowns in confidence happen to everybody, but it's how you bounce back from it. And one of the things that I love that you're talking about is you know, finding finding a mentor. I think many people are reluctant or don't know that you can look for mentors outside of your firms. And um, what, what do you think women should look for in a mentor if they've never sought a mentor out before? So I, I think I think you should think, first of all, in terms of having multiple mentors. Think of a mentor as anybody who is going to give you good advice. And I, I look for people that I respect, not just because of what they've accomplished, but, you know, people you run into in different parts of your life who just seem to have, seem to be wise and have good instincts. And 
Um, and to me, it's about asking the questions that you think that they provide useful answers to or helpful answers. I, I look at it as these are teachers. Wow. Mentors are teachers. And like sometimes you run into a mentor, who, a teacher who's going to also say, and by the way, I actually have some opportunities that, that might be good for you. I mean, that to me is, is the rare teacher. And a teacher can be a mentor without actually producing um, opportunities for you. I think we we have to take responsibility for our own opportunities and the learning that you can do from finding you know the the, the resources around you that surround you all every day with wisdom around what you need to do to be successful, whether it's handling internal politics or being a better negotiator or you know doing being a better researcher or being a better mentor yourself folks around you that that you that you just sort of admire and trust those are the people that you should approach with your questions so really what you're saying is like don't don't seek out a mentor to help you necessarily move up in your career but like find a mentor who can really help you with your with your weak spots with your blind spots to give you good good counsel, good advice, good direction. Exactly. Because I think you've put it really well, Stephanie, because the, the more you can address your own weak spots, the more you're going to rise, the, the right. quicker you'll rise. So I think it's that's what it's really about. And if you're doing that yourself, if you're taking that learning and having it help you to, to influence your own behavior, improve your skills, you're going to do better. The one thing that we talked about, I mean, we talked about a lot, but I have so many questions I still want to ask you. One thing we also talked about was, and you you just mentioned this, was like being a better mentor yourself. What like what does that look like? Yeah, uh, this is really honestly very important to me because I, I will say I have run into um, women, senior women attorneys who really take the view that they don't want to play that role. They just don't they don't think it's good for them to yeah. be in that role. And, and I think that that's a huge mistake for two reasons. One is you will learn a lot when you turn around and start helping other people. When you, when you see what you can do to help positively influence someone to be a better attorney or a better, better at business development or whatever it is, you're going to learn yourself because you're going to have the opportunity to, re to reflect on what helped you and when you see other people um, struggling with similar challenges and solving them differently, it's, I find it extremely mind expanding for me. It helps me learn more. Um, and so I think it's, it's really important personally for, uh, as a mentor to mentor others because you're gonna learn from that. And then the other thing is we have to do this for each other. We have to help each other. We have to be open um, to, helping the next generations or even your peers or I mean hell I've had I should heck <laughs> I've, yeah, had, cool. <laughs> I've had I've had um seen you know folks who are more senior to me come to me and ask my advice and um I think we have to do that for each other we have to help each other um and so those are to me two really important reasons um to do that to, to make yourself available and spend the time and frankly if you want to be very pragmatic about it if you're a partner in a law firm you're not going to be successful unless you have a really fantastic bench of great attorneys working with you in support of your clients. And if you're not actively mentoring those attorneys to help them be better and do better, then your clients are, are not going to be well served. So you really need to do it if only to, 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 to make sure that you're doing the best job you can for your clients. I think that's so true. And you said, you said a lot there because I, I was at a networking event 
for women attorneys. This was a global event a couple of months ago. And one of the things that got me like totally ticked off was they were saying that a lot of women don't mentor other women or support other women because look, we had to tough it out. So you're going to have to tough it out that that whole mentality. And it's so it's so ancient right now. Why, why do that? Like, why? So I hear what you're saying. I think it's so important. I agree. I mean, I, and that's really the excuse I hear a lot. But there's another issue with that I think some women are sensitive to, which is the perception that if you're the person that everybody comes to in the office to complain or for, you know, a shoulder to cry on or all of those things, or if you become the, the mother or the mother bird of the office, yeah, um, you don't want that role. And, and let me tell you, you do not want that role. There's a difference between being a, a good professional mentor and being the person who is spending all their time, you know, wiping tears off of yeah. uh, the cheeks of, of, of folks who have decided that they can come to you and, and just unload. Um, I think that 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 can be really challenging and and it's un, it's 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 unfortunate because as women, I think many organizations look to us to 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 put us in that role of yeah. dealing office with mom. the you know the office mom and it's yeah. uh, offices do not need moms. We are all <laughs> adults. Exactly. you know we do not need moms, but if you if you facilitate a corporate culture where someone's going to be the office mom, then you're going to wind up with a a, a a corporate culture that needs that. And I, I don't think it's healthy for anybody. No, it's so true. I've, <clears throat> I've dealt with a lot of that in some of the law firms I've gone into where I've actually, you know, wit witnessed that. And it's like, stop saying yes to wiping the tears. Like you said, stop saying yes to that. Offer help, offer mentoring, but don't be the one to the shoulder to cry on because that's what all people are going to do. They're just going to occupy your time crying, crying on your shoulder. I, I totally agree with that. You've had like a really interesting career progression as well. Some of the younger associates that I talk to are always asking me, you know, like, how do I, how do I career plan? You know, maybe I don't want to be partner. Maybe I don't want to work in a law firm. Maybe I want to work as a GC. Maybe I want to be a researcher. And in um, sharing your, your resume with everybody, your bio with everybody, you've done all of that. Did you have a plan <laughs> in place or was it just all random? Like, how did that happen that you went from private practice to general counsel, private practice, starting your own practice? Like, how did that all happen? Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> the first part happened because I have a lot of student loans. No, um, ah. I, I'm a builder. I really love to build things. And I, I hit a point when things feel built where I'm like, okay, what's the next challenge? So um, I, I really loved my time. My, when I started my career out at Cooley, loved my time at Cooley. Um, I started out in Palo Alto and kind of quickly got, I wasn't bored. I mean, it was, it was a very exciting time. It was one of the first um, IPO booms. We were taking a lot of biotech companies public. It was super interesting, um, but I, I wanted more. And when Cooley decided they wanted to open their first office outside of the state of California, I raised my hand and said, I want to go. And it was, it really fed for me, um, my desire to build things. And, you know, I came out to Boulder, Colorado to open this office with a couple other people. And we had to explain to people who we were, we had to justify billing rates that were higher than the average. Like we really had had to establish a beachhead for something that that was new to this community. And I loved it. Um, and then, you know, years went by and I started getting very interested in in some of my clients and had an opportunity to go in house for the first time. So it was, again, an opportunity to build. And right. 
really all along the way, that's what it's been about for me. And uh, we start, I'm, I'm currently the co-founder of a business boutique firm, which is a bunch of former Cooley lawyers and others. And again, I, I wanted to start a business. And so we, uh, we, I got together with some friends and said, let's just do this. And now it's been, we're in our 10th year already. So it's really just been a process of feeding my building habit. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds, yeah, no, it definitely sounds like it was, it, it happened like randomly, but in the back of your mind, it, it fed your strength, which is like to yeah. build things. But my advice to people, cause I, 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 I love being in private practice. I love being in house. I, I, I really, they both have incredible uh, opportunities for growth and in, in interesting lifestyles. And um, my advice is really to you've got to kind of know who you are and what makes you happy and what's going to get you excited to get out of bed in the morning. Because if you pull back what we do as lawyers, it's not that exciting in a way. I mean, it's a lot of reading and writing and reading and writing. And, you know, it's, it's what you're, it's the context in which you're operating and what really turns you on and, and, and makes you want to do this that you have to think about. And, um, and you can find, you can find what you need, whether you're in-house or in private practice. Um, I don't think that it's either, or, and I think you can bounce back and forth between them. So um, I think the thing about being a lawyer is you can, everybody always says you can do a lot of things with it. And it is true, but you have to really start out by, by asking yourself, what is it I want? What is it that, that makes me happy? And that may change over time. So just pay attention to that. But there's also a huge, a huge difference between the two. So when you're in private practice, you really are expected to bring in your own originations and to build your own book of business. When you're as, in general, as a GC, you don't typically get that role unless you actually know the right people. So networking sounds like it plays a pretty big part in everything that you've you've done in addition to the building. So have you worked very hard at building a network, especially coming to a new a new state? Yes, networking is everything. Networking is business development. Um, networking is about getting things to happen. Like if you're if you're a general counsel or just a staff attorney in a company and you need to influence decision making, you need to you need to make things happen. Networking is a key part of that. It's it's about relationship building, building trust and confidence in in yourself uh, amongst your peer group and in 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 the folks that you're working for and with and need to influence. You you you're, you're going to get there by really making sure that you understand um, the the people that you're working with and that you are building relationships with them because you you can't you can't force anything to happen when you're in house. You 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 have to kind of tease it out of people. You've got to make things, you've got to help, help organizations to change, to grow, to, to adapt to new processes, procedures, to, to pay attention to the lawyers. Um, and when you're in private practice, um, it begins in the beginning, every single project you work on, every single client that you have interface with, that's part of networking. You're going to be networking internally in your organization with the other associates and partners and paralegals and staff. You're going to be networking with your clients. And, um, and what that means again building relationships with which really begins with doing a good job being a good person listening being responsive like all 
of the basics. That's really what the foundations of networking are all about. It's not just going to chit chat events and, you know, trying to balance a plate full of hors d'oeuvres and a cocktail <laughs> while you're trying to <laughs> impress somebody with, I don't know what your knowledge is of recent events or, or something. It's that to me is a minor part of networking. And for me personally, the most uncomfortable piece, I really, I really think it's about how well you're interacting with the people that you're working with and for on a daily basis. I absolutely like, well, look, I wrote a book on that relationship networking <laughs> because I believe that shameless plug. Okay. But still, <laughs> but, you're, but you're fully, you're absolutely correct, Stephanie. You're so correct. You couldn't be more correct. And, and I'm so glad you wrote that book and everybody should read it. <laughs> I love that, but thank you. But, I, but, but what you're saying is like, I say this all the time. It's like, it's not about going to the networking events and talking about, you know, the weather here or the weather there. It's about connecting with the people you already know and building out from there and, and, and also offering to help. Like, how can I help somebody else? It's not just about what's in it for me, but how can I help? How can I help others? And one of the things that so impressed me with you, Carrie, is that when we were talking, you're like, how can, who else could, would you like to speak to? Like you autom automatically anticipated a need and opened up your network to me. And it was, to it was completely unsolicited, but so appreciated. And I think a lot of people miss that. Um, that part of networking also. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's fun. It is so fun to be helpful. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's like, that's what it should be about. We sh that's part of why I do find it surprising when, when I run into people who don't do that. It's like, why not? This is the best part. So you do a lot of work, it seems like also with some, with the Small Business Development Center in Boulder. What got you involved in being on that, in that part of that organization and the board of sure. directors you're in? I started out um, uh, learning about economic development because one of my friends um, became the executive director of the Office of Economic Development and International Trade. And I said to her, we, we had big, you know, dinner to celebrate with a bunch of our friends. And I said, if you ever need any help, any volunteers, you know, tap me because I would, I'm, I'd love to support you in your new role. And that turned into me eventually joining the Economic Development Commission for the state of Colorado. And that led me to learning a lot about the uh, small business development centers, which are part of the SBA, the federal, the SBA um, organization. Um, and um, I decided that, you know, one of the best, one of the, one of the challenges for business lawyers is finding good pro bono activities that leverage our skills as business lawyers. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to the executive director of the Boulder SPDC or Small Business Development Center and offered up our support and said, what can we do to help the businesses that are coming to you um, for, for help? And that started a, a relationship where we now as a firm, as part of our pro bono activity, we serve as what they call SPDC consultants. And we meet with these companies and we help them work through issues related to, you know, um, employee equity incentives or intellectual property protection or like all sorts of issues that that small businesses face. Um, most of the companies we're working with are tech-based because the Boulder SBDC does a lot of work um, yeah. through what they call the Tech Venture Accelerator. So it's convenient for us because it really fits in our wheelhouse. Um, but it's fantastic because the the younger attorneys at, in our firm have opportunities to for speaking engagements, to learn how to manage clients on their own. Um, and everyone gets that good feeling that you get when you're able to give back to your community. So it's it's really been wonderful. There's so much more to that too. It's like you're giving back, but you're also gaining a whole network of people who absolutely trust you and 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 
get um, and grow with you and, and you can actually see help, helping to develop. I mean, I think that it's such a it's such a great thought also for those attorneys who are listening who aren't doing any pro bono work or aren't part or are business lawyers who aren't doing anything with their small business development centers. Like there's so many opportunities out there to gain experience, to find mentors, to grow, to develop relationships that these are great, um, great ideas that your firm is, is really doing. And I know that it goes a long way because some of these small businesses just don't have the funds to be able to afford that level of, of expertise. That's right. And, and there are SBDC small business development centers all over the country. Amazing. Well, I can I mean, Carrie, we are almost at time and I'm sad about I'm sad about that. But I, I do want to end one of the things I do on this podcast is I ask the people that I'm speaking with, can you share three tips or experiences that we can leave with our listeners that they can think about and even apply that you think would be of value? I call them the three gifts. Sure. So here are my three gifts. Um, the first is advice I got as a first year attorney from one of the people I would point at and say it was a mentor to me. And she said to me, always be a sponge, always, wherever you are, be a sponge. And what that meant to me was listen, always be listening. Um, and I, I take that to heart. Um, the second one is, and this is this is my advice when you're, when you're negotiating, um, especially when you're negotiating for your compensation. Ask. If you don't ask, the answer will be no. (laughs) So you just ask it. What's the worst that they will say? You know, no, which is the same answer as if you don't ask. And what I have found is asking usually means that you get what you want. So Uh. ask. And if you feel like you're being outrageous in your ask, then that's the right ask. Um, and the last gift or the last um, tip is please, it's more of a request, which is to help other people to really open your network to other people to, you know, be a mentor yourself um, as much as you can. And, and that, that means I'm not saying that you have to formally enter into an agreement with another person, but really just be aware of what you can do to help other people around you learn from from the mistakes you've made or from the wins and, and the successes that you've had. Um, you'll, it's just the best feeling ever. And I just think that it's what we, what we really need to be doing for each other. I love those gifts. <laughs> be a sponge, be a listener, ask. I mean, that is so true. We, we just, we don't ask or we think we're not worthy enough so we don't i i asked i remember when i started my coaching business i said to a mentor one of my mentors i said like how do you know how much to charge and because he was charging like a gazillion dollars an hour or something and i was like there's no way i could ever charge that amount and he said look in the mirror if you laugh at yourself when you say it that's the number That's right. That is right. That's exactly right. I actually, when I, um, I, I actually had the CFO of one of my companies when I was GC come to me afterwards and after I negotiated my, my, um, my pay raise and, and he said, how did you get that? <laughs> I asked. That's it. Well done. Exactly. And help others. I, I think these are great gifts to leave behind. I thank you so much for your time. If anybody ever wanted to get in touch with you, do you have any way that they could reach you? Um, I am on LinkedIn. So uh, that's probably the easiest way. Um, You can also reach me through our website, um, stagelawgroup.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your gifts. And um, I'll look forward to meeting you in person when all of this COVID stuff is over. Thank you. Thanks so much, Stephanie. Take care. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Her Gavel. Make sure to subscribe and rate us. 
For our show notes and information on upcoming episodes, visit our website at hergavel.com. And if you'd like more information about coaching, training, or any of my books, please send email to stephanie at hergavel.com. Be sure to stay tuned for our next episode of Her Gavel, where we will continue to shadow the glass ceiling for women in law. Thank you.